Welcome to Tending Your Soul. I'm Marielle Davenport. This podcast is an invitation to cultivate greater intimacy with God through the seed of His Word. If you're worn out from the dry seasons of life and yearn for the refreshment of greater intimacy with God, but feel overwhelmed at where to start, you're in the right place. Come join me in the garden as we let God tend to our soul with His Word, little by little. Hi friend, welcome to episode two of the Tending Your Soul podcast. We're seeking to slow down and lean into the Lord through his word using my tend method. And this season we're gleaning from the book of Ruth. Last week we tended through verse one of Ruth. And today we're going to unfold the truths of Ruth one verses two through five using the tend method. And we're going to let God just press this into our soul like a gardener presses seed into the soil. The TEND method is an acronym that guides us into intimacy with God through his word. And it helps us to slow down and reflect on the truths of scripture so that we might find refreshment for our soul there. The TEND method begins with T, which stands for take time to pray. So join me as we pause to turn our hearts towards God. Lord, thank you for the gift of your word. Would you use it to cultivate Christ's likeness in us today? Show us the beauty of your word. Amen. After the T in the tend method is the E, which guides us to examine the scripture. So let's look carefully at these four verses in the narrative. Ruth 1, 2 through 5 says, The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. Malin and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Wow, such heavy verses of loss and grief. Such a weight of deep sadness here. In examining these verses, we see that each character in the narrative is named. So let's remember as we reflect on these verses that each one of these people were real people who had real struggles and real pain. They had laughed at jokes. They had times of feeling lonely. They were scared. They loved one another. And the death of these three men is felt in deep ways by each of the women they left behind. Most notably, Naomi, who lost all three in turn. The names mentioned here are interesting. Elimelech is the father in this family, and his name, as I mentioned last week, means God is king. Yet we see him submit more to his own feelings and his fears and his comforts rather than turning to God in the trial of this famine. Naomi's name means pleasant, 
and generally in Hebrew culture, the name was indicative of the person's character. Some names were even changed along the way in order to better suit someone's character. And then there's sons. These names, Malon and Chilean, which come from Hebrew words meaning sickness and failing. So I'm not sure if these guys had really a great start to life. They may have even had illness as small children, and thus that led to their early death. The dropping of the family around Naomi paints a bit of the picture that we see in the opening chapters of the book of Job, where you remember each trial that he faces seems to come like dominoes, just falling one after the other. So as we move through the guidance of the TEND method, T-E-N, we come to N and notice the lesson. First, we want to see what it might be teaching about God. So what seems to stand out as Naomi is left, the scripture says, with her sons after her husband's death, and then it says Naomi is left without her two sons after their death, which seems to stand out here is that the truth of what she is left with is God. People might leave through death or through choices. People do leave, sometimes not even a choice of their own. But God never leaves. God is here. God is with Naomi. Have you ever felt alone, left, abandoned? God is always present. And as we'll see in this narrative, though God is always there and God is always working, the narrator makes no acknowledgement of God in this book. And he's working in every detail always. Philippians 1.6 offers us this promise. The Apostle Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then Hebrews 13 tells us, this reminder that God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is always with you, even right now. God sees you, God hears you, and God is at work in your life in details that you may not even notice. He will not leave you if you are his. So what about the spiritual lesson that these verses might be teaching? What stands out to me is that this family is a family of Bethlehem of Judah. And we see this descriptor a couple of times, and really it's meant to stand out to us. This is a family of the tribe of Judah, of the people of God's covenant promise. But isn't it true that we who belong to the Lord don't always respond in line with that? What we choose to do doesn't always fall in line with whose we are. We who are in Christ are chosen and holy and beloved and redeemed and forgiven and lavished with grace, according to Ephesians 1. But at times we act on fear and greed and selfishness and pride. So maybe today we need to ask God to remind us, whose am I? 
And how does my activity line up or not line up with who God says I am? So what about you, friend? In Psalm 139, the great grandson of Ruth prays, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. As we ask God to reveal who we are in him, let's also be quick to allow him to search our hearts and ask, Lord, where do I need to repent? What am I thinking or feeling or doing that is failing to be in line with who you say I am? Let's pray. Lord, we desire to lean into you over finding our own way to manipulate or solve our trials. Guide us to be women of the word who allow you, the gardener of our soul, to cut away what needs pruning and fertilize what needs nourishing. In Jesus' redeeming name, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you be willing to like and follow? Share it with a friend who might need to be encouraged to tend her soul by the word today. For more on the tend method, I invite you to visit marieldavenport.com and download your free guide to cultivating intimacy with God, tools for tending your soul. Until next time, friend, keep tending your soul by the word. Thank you.